0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to another episode of the Shoot Your Shot podcast. I am your host, C. Diddy, a.k.a. Kyrie Irving, a.k.a. Diddy Hendrix, a.k.a. Diddy Quarantino, a.k.a. NBA Youngboy, a.k.a. the one true king of the south, a.k.a. Black Harlow, um, a.k.a. Mm-hmm. a.k.a. Drake got more classics than Big Sean. I didn't know we have to debate this.
1: Excuse um, me?
0: We'll, yeah. we'll talk yeah. about it. We'll talk about it. Um, a.k.a. um. Mr. Don't Leave the Door Open Too Long, Uh, (laughs) a.k.a. him over there. And on the hotline is my wonderful and gracious co-host.
2: Hey, y'all. It's your girl, Allie Nicole, a.k.a. that bald-headed badass, a.k.a. your favorite little shit talker. I did that backwards. A.k.a. that little baby who is exhausted. I am tired. Tired's mama. A.k.a. that little baby who's going to bed early. Calvin.
0: What's up? What's up?
2: How your week been?
0: It's been a long, hard Monday. Now I'm going in on the barnyard Junkies. Um,
2: baby, white people have exhausted me today. Like, I'm exhausted. And I don't know if it's just the fact that um, I'm just tired or... No, all right. So let's put it into context. Kittle's first day of school was um, Tuesday. And I had a very early day just getting him ready. I had a very late night the night before getting him ready. As a lot of last minute running around and stuff. So honestly, your girl is just tired. I'm just tired. And of course, you can never catch up with sleep. Um, not during the week, at least. So that's, that's it. And if anybody who knows me, you know I work in HR. And you have some days in HR where you're ready to run through a brick wall. And then you've got other days where it's like it's the most fulfilling job in the world. So today was a brick wall day. So I have hit my ceiling. I have hit my peak. Wednesdays fucking suck. You know what? Let's park the car there. Wednesday, honestly, Mondays get the reputation Wednesday should have. Because honestly, Mondays are Sunday hangovers. Nothing real gets done on a Monday. You establish what the goals for the week are. It's a lot of water, cool, heating up coffee, going through emails, that sort of day. Tuesday, a lot of work actually gets done, right? And Wednesday, you realize how fucked up Monday and Tuesday were. Wednesday is the worst day of the week.
0: That's Cap. That's Cap. That's Cap as fuck. That's Cap as hell. And I'll tell you why it's Cap. That's Capologist. That's uh, um, Cap and Crunch. That's Cap in America. All of Cow. that. Wow. Wednesday I mean, is the
1: worst day of the week.
0: First, first and foremost, no. See, Wednesday, see, Wednesday brings a hope that Monday doesn't bring. You feel me? Like you, t- you just said it. Like okay, you just got a lot of shit done on Tuesday, so if so, you looking back on Wednesday, okay? Like I did some shit. Like we worked hard. We did some shit, but if I make it through here, nigga, I'm almost done. It's kind of so. It's like you know what I mean. So it's like it's hump day. So it's like yeah, you got to get over the hump, but once you get over the hump, niggas, it's, it's all downhill from there. It's well, good. hump day
2: humped his ass off today, cause baby, I'm exhausted. And the other part about it is... It
0: ain't, it ain't, it ain't, it ain't used on but lube. It ain't, ask, it ain't take you to dinner. It ain't... The ain't most dude.
2: productive days of the week for me are Tuesday and Thursday. Tuesday because it's not Monday. And Thursday because it's almost Friday. Tuesday and Thursday are, are literally the most productive days of the week. My work from home days are going to start being Wednesday because I hate Wednesday.
1: I would rather not.
0: So I look, I think so it, on, on worst days of the week for me, I think generally Mondays, Mondays is because it's like, it's not necessarily the the, the workload on Monday. It's the unnecessary ass conversations that I have <laughs> to have on Mondays. whether it's like team meetings, all the meetings, like the, the whole time, every, every time you told a nigga like. We'll circle back next week. They want to have the nerve to want to actually circle back with you on Monday. Or or, or it, it's just like it's it's not it's not ideal. It's not ideal because of the, it's not necessarily the workload. It's the all the unnecessary shit is usually packed on Monday. And also Mondays has the least food option because all the black owned businesses don't open on Mondays because niggas. So you can so you can't even eat your feelings away the way you want to because have your favorite restaurants are closed on Mondays because they don't they don't open Mondays. You got That's food
2: like, at home, Calvin.
0: But I want bay food. The fuck, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I'm tired of eating spaghetti.
2: Actually, spaghetti slap. I made some bomb-ass spaghetti last week because I was craving it. I ain't do the fried catfish on the side, but that, that spaghetti did slap. It was like 11 o'clock. Honestly, I, it was one of those late. It was a very late night for your girl. And I'm sitting, I made, started making spaghetti at like 9.30. And I was, it was terrible on my stomach the next morning just because you shouldn't eat that late. But baby, I fucked that up. With the ground turkey, extra sauce. Woof, my acid reflux whooped my ass too. It's all good. Um, you ready to hop straight into the shit, Calvin?
0: Yeah, let's get a popper.
2: All right. Um, your petty alias was funny as fuck. Because allegedly, Bruno Mars and, uh, this, and what's his name, Anderson Pack, are supposed to be dropping during the winter.
0: So, um, Silk Sonic, which is obviously the group between um, Bruno Mars and Anderson Pack, um, announced that they're pushing their album back, uh, uh, Evening with Silk Sonic, to January 2022. Why? Listen, yo, your, your guess is as good as mine. I read the interview, said that they got most of it done, but they try and tweak some sh- How much tweaking do you need to do? How much, be- more, how much more cocaine do you need to snort in order to finish this album? Listen, with as much booger sugar as I know is being
2: tossed around that damn studio, I'm surprised it wasn't done last week. However.
0: You listen, because you we know crackheads got work ethic. You feel know me? <laughs> <laughs> listen. Listen, a crackhead will wake up with you 4 o'clock in the morning and help you spot, waits for a 20 ball. Like, like, stop. stop. I'm <laughs> super serious, bro. Like, uh, listen, we talk a lot of shit about, like, people who are addicted to drugs and crackheads and all that shit. We talk a lot of shit. But the one thing I will never, ever, ever doubt them niggas is their work ethic. They will, whatever goal they have for every day, they will do whatever is in their power to make sure their goal is hit. You feel what I'm saying? Which is why I know that, that, that Bruno Mars and Anderson Park aren't real crackheads. The crackheads would have released the album by now.
2: Shut up, Calvin. I'm weak. The other part about it is this. I, all right. So it's twofold, right? My opinion on this is twofold. I feel, do I feel like they're losing a little bit of momentum because, because of the flash in the pan way that music is being distributed lately? Yes. And it's unfortunate because. I know that they're not a slave to those kind of standards, but you do. But it's almost just like, am I going to care in January? I don't know. Maybe, right? Maybe. The other part about it is I'm actually glad that they're taking their time because, again, our, our queen, Beyonce, has talked about people not making bodies of work anymore. And singles used to drop. And if you remember, singles used to drop one or two months before the album came out. Like they' they're reverting back to the traditional way that music
0: is used to being released, which is okay, so 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 here's why I'm upset. I wasn't one of the ones like, yeah, but the jokes are funny of like how many di- how many times can you perform the same song on on all the awards, you know what I'm saying, all the awards uh shows, but when they okay, it was cool, like yeah, you you drop your single, you promote your single, and leave the door open as a certified smash like it's. Like I had to stop myself from playing it because otherwise I was going to play it out. Like that's how I was, you know what I'm saying that's how I was it going. is a banger. But you released "Leave the Door Open" in March. You you're you're the lead single for the album that's now coming in January. And and here's and here's my here's my thing with that. A. That's a nine to ten month gap, which is, a, which is a lot.
2: It's a really long time. It is a really, really long time. It's and, actually it is an egregiously long time. I will and, say that.
0: And B, and B the, the delays only put more pressure on yourself as an artist to deliver a classic when you finally get it. Look at Drake. We were promised a certified lover boy in January of 2020.
2: Honestly, <laughs> I, we already know they—they they are both playing. You know, Jerry, we had this conversation with Burn. They're playing chicken with each other, Kanye and Drake. So that's the reason why. But with Silk the so- Silk Sonic, I don't understand who who you got. I, all right, me thinking realistically, nobody has teased in their lane, right? In this genre of music, and in the artists uh-huh. that are comparable to Bruno Mars and, and Anderson I Pack, Nobody's teased is, the way that they have. Can so i tell you what. Really,
0: my- can I tell you my theory? I have a couple of theories. One, Sorry. first and foremost, uh, part of the reason I'm upset is because Silk Sonic, from the two songs that we've heard from them, and from the actual catalogs of both Bruno Mars and Anderson Pot, they don't make winter music. And I mean that in the most respectful way possible. They don't make winter music. The, the music that both them niggas make, separately and together as a unit, sounds like summer to me. Sounds like spring. Sounds like you should be somewhere tropical with a half-button shirt, drinking something strong with Casamigos in it. It don't don't give me 12 degrees in Ohio in January in the snow outside. I'm supposed to to leave it open. No. Let let all my heat out. And secondly, I think what we're seeing here is not just people playing chicken. These artists want a tour. And they want a tour. and, And Bruno Mars and Anderson Pott, they are not your regular club artists. They're not your or not your artist who's going to be in Bogart's, no disrespect to Bogart's, because we've seen some good shows in Bogart's. We have. They are arenas. They are, they are arenas. i and, and higher. Drake is an arena touring artist. Kanye. Kanye is selling out arenas for an album he hasn't released yet. You feel what I'm saying? He's selling out stadiums for an album that he hasn't released yet. So I think a lot of them, and part of the reason that 2020 was so low was because these artists know that they're going to make the money back off the album through the tour. And right now, with 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 the Delta variant, and last year with the regular, 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 regular COVID-19, they can't tour. And so now all these artists thought they were going to be able to tour 2021, early 2022. Now with the Delta variant kind of wrecking shot, they're looking at it like we may not, we don't know if we're going to be able to tour the same way we thought we were when we plan on releasing this album in the summer. So a lot of them are probably holding back until they can figure out a way to tour these arenas without getting, the, without getting their tour shut down, without, or, and without, without becoming a super spreader event at every concert. Because even in the country where Garth Brooks was scheduled to have a show in Paul Brown Stadium, he canceled that bitch because of COVID. And
2: you know what? I have more respect for artists that are canceling their events because of COVID. Because I'll be honest with you, that's the reason why, all right, right? Now that we're on the topic, Versus. Versus to me, I haven't watched the verses in a while. Like, I'll, I'll like, sit there and watch it for what it's worth. And, like, I'll tip, I'll like pop my head in and out of one. But, like, as far as being completely tuned in, like I typically was, it's kind of lost its charm to me. It was charming to watch my favorite artists be sitting in their in home studios with a glass of Merlot, you know what I'm saying? Playing classic cuts because that was the nostalgia and the feel about it. It felt personable. The fact that Versus is now a super spreader event, when that's not... It lost it lost its appeal to me. I'm kind of in the same wavelength when it comes to all of these, like, concerts and big, big, big events. And I know that's a lot coming from me, Alex, the girl who was a bartender, right? And was a uh, worked as a server in a nightclub during a pandemic. But I just, in all honesty,
1: it is... How do I say this?
2: If you're, there is a responsible way to reach your fan base that does not put them in their livelihood and your livelihood for that matter in jeopardy because artists, whether they're showing it or not, yes, the fans are coming and they're not wearing masks and hat and it's debatable on the amount of people who are actually vaccinated and, you know what I'm saying? And, and the safety measures and precautions in a freaking arena. it's That is a very hard thing to measure, right? The entire staff, the crew staff, everybody has to, everybody has to be paying attention. Everybody has to pay attention to, you know what I mean?
0: The COVID protocols and everything like that. Exactly. So
2: it's just like, all right, you've got the event staff having to pay attention to COVID protocols for an event that's not paying attention to COVID protocols. So nobody's really being safe. And again, I know that's very rich coming from me, but... I'm not necessarily concert ready, but I do want to enjoy my artists in their bodies of work. I do want to enjoy their music in their albums. I understand why holding off on a tour or releasing music because you want a tour after it is a thing. I think that there is a way to get around that.
0: Um, it just how, takes. How so?
2: I don't know. I don't know. I don't get paid to know either. But,
0: but I, so, and so, so, so what I so like I understand like um at the end of the day, you know, this all comes everything that's wrong with this country can either be blamed on racism or capitalism.
2: Mm-hmm. Right? Those are
0: and so part of the reason that versus became what it was was because they realized that they could they have to monetize it. They and they and they they could monetize it. And so and so like that's part of the reason I think that you're not gonna get a better in-person versus to me than what the locks and dips that did. It was it was in it was in an arena that was home to them both. They had a very friendly rivalry, like they had the right. energy going back and forth, like the crowd, like you know said. So you're not gonna get better, you're not gonna get super, you're not gonna really top that. And I think that's part of the reason a lot of these artists are like Shine away from it because it's like that's it's hard to reach. It's hard to, you know, what I'm saying once once the perfect show's been done, it's hard to recreate that. But I I I, I understand like I understand the reason too. But it's one of the things that you could get around it. Um, honestly, and I believe in carrots and sticks, right? Sometimes you got to give the people a carrot to do some shit, and sometimes you got you got to give them a motherfucker a stick. And like these concert venues are starting to require are starting to require vaccine, proof of vaccination to enter into their establishment. And it's, they're mirroring a lot of these other big companies and this, that, and the third. And so, like, that's, an, and that's probably going to be the way that they do this. is not, you need to show proof of vaccination or at the bare minimum, you need to show a negative COVID test no more than 72 hours before. Or you just, or it's not, it's not going to work. And will that increase the black market rate of fake vaccine cards? Yeah, but that's, it,
2: but that's the thing. If you give niggas a rule, they're going to find a loophole. That That's the thing. Now, relying on the goodwill and, and clear conscience of, of Americans as
0: a whole is... But, but so, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm saying right now. Like, I'm saying right now, like, even right now, there are no really rules. But the entire rule is like, hey, don't come out if you sit. We know motherfuckers ain't gonna do that shit, so at least have something where this is gonna sound fucked up. But in order for you to, in order for you to get around this rule, you got to commit a crime. Like that, like that's the that's the most they can really do is like if you want to get around this rule, you're going to have to fake the the vaccine cards, which is a crime because you're altering federal property. That's like you know what I'm saying. Like niggas make counterfeit bills every day, b. But and, listen, and, and, and guess what? Eventually, them niggas go to jail. Not to hop.
2: I don't want to harp on the vaccine conversation. We literally touch it every week. But I just don't want. I don't know. I don't want artists. I don't want the artistry of music to be compromised because it's not the necessarily safest or smartest thing to be touring right now. That's that's literally my point.
0: And, and and what I'm what I'm telling you is that that's already happened. And that's going to continue to happen because and it's frustrating,
2: and as a fan, it's frustrating
0: but at the at the biggest level like this at the biggest level of artists like you notice like people are still re- releasing things, you know what I'm saying, but the biggest level of artists like it, it financially doesn't make sense for them to do that and and and, and for us as fans to ask ask artists to give up like millions of dollars because we because we want them to like it doesn't financially make sense for them to go for that go go for that. So
2: we'll Honestly. See. I don't I'm still interested in hearing what Silk Sonic has to say because I'm I'm just been separately I'm a fan of both artists. So just
0: I, I'm they, they work they work together. Like the, the 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 theory of them, the idea of them together works really well because Bruno Mars is perfect. And I mean that in good and bad ways. Like you can tell he like everything has to sound super perfect with him versus uh, A- Anderson pot can maybe like roughing up some of those edges where the magic happens, where it's not so paint put by together. the numbers yeah. put together. It's like, no, like you could tell us there's some shit, but we just did. And it just happened. And it works.
2: There's some magic behind music that I really, really appreciate. Um, speaking of which, I mean, I think I, I'm going to start, I'm going to tee this up, but I'm going to start us off with it. Um, comparison fatigue is a thing and there is so much shit going on in the world locally. There's so much shit. Um, there's just so much, there's so much. And I personally, you're right. I watch the news maybe 30 minutes in the morning as I'm getting dressed for work. And then I tune into the, to CNN for a little bit at night just so I can stay on top of it because I live in a world I have to be aware of. But like what's going on in Afghanistan has, has, I have very mixed feelings. I'm trying to pray for Haiti while also being pissed off at France for not paying them niggas so we wouldn't have to constantly pray for Haiti. Haiti would just be able to take care of itself. Then the shit that's going on in America and this, 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 global economy and administration while also trying to raise a son in a society where he feels also safe and prepared while also making sure that he doesn't he isn't afraid of the things that go bump in the night while also trying to eat healthy eat at all while also trying to excel at my job trying to be a student trying to be a mom trying to be a girlfriend and keep up with my friends be a good communicator be a good sister mother daughter I'm a bitch is tired and I'm personally right now, my biggest struggle is finding balance in what to take in and how much of it. So, I, sometimes, and it's not even to be flipped, but for me, a coping mechanism is saying, I can't care about none of this shit today. I do not give a fuck today. Today. Not saying I don't give a fuck at all, but in this moment, I ain't got it. Like, have you feel that, right?
0: Yeah. So, like... I didn't even necessarily call it a comparison fatigue. I call it a compassion fatigue, right? And so it's like, there's so much shit for us to give a fuck about, I literally can't give a fuck about it all. And I don't mean it to not understand how fucked up each individual situation is. Right. But, like, as a collective, I, your body just won't allow you to care about it all. Like, we see. And again, we're not the political podcast. So if you look, if you come in here for policy takes on what the fuck happened in Afghanistan, please just go somewhere else. Oh, you know, I am. This we, uh, uh. I don't even know. I don't know enough to even pretend I don't know enough. You feel what I'm saying? I just know. All I know is that we were in that motherfucker for twenty years, spending trillions and trillions of dollars to try to to try to to, to, to on this here war on terror to protect afghan people and then when we when we withdraw the people we are supposed to be protecting afghanistan afghanistan people from took it over in less time than it would have i'll be able to take over covington
2: so again i'm keeping my opinions at bay but exactly what happened was exactly what was going to happen i won't say supposed to Because I do think it's heartbreaking because it it just is. No matter how you shape or fold that circumstance or situation, it is going to be heartbroken. Lives are going to be lost. And there is going to be collateral damage for decades to come. Okay? I am 30 years old. We have been in the Afghanistan war for 20 years, which means that September 11th happened when I was nine. We've been at war longer than I've been an adult.
0: The longest war in American history
2: is the Afghanistan war. I have peers that not only were nine years old when we went into this war, but have also served in this and and served in Afghanistan. So to put anything into perspective, it, it, it literally the Afghanistan war is a part of my adolescence. So it's a part of a lot of us, especially millennials. This has shaped our history, our political climate and the United States foreign policy. We were active, not active participants in, but that was a part of our our, our political climate that we grew up in.
0: So niggas, n- niggas don't even niggas don't even know a world that we're not at war with somebody. You exactly,
2: know exactly. Like, you know what I'm saying? So again, don't want to harp on that too much because that's really just not who me and Calvin are. Um, but it's one of those things where it is compassion fatigue. It's like, damn something else. And it's not in a way that is complaining, right? But it is something else that I want to give my heart and my feelings to. But I also have things on the home front I have to give my heart and my feelings to. So it's not to say I don't care, but I yeah, do care. But how much of this battle am I going to pick up?
0: Yeah, like it's, it's one of those things, right? You know what I'm saying? Like Haiti is dealing with a devastating earthquake versus, you know, like flood going on in Turkey and and grief is you know what I'm saying so so it's so much, and then it's also like you're also told to feel bad for like celebrities, who, you know what I'm saying like Lizzo just released her new single, and like you know what I'm saying she got a lot of like very fucked up comments, and like you know what I'm saying like you know she 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 took to social media to kind of share like how that affected her, and it's like all of these different things that are being told to care about and even in even in the most like all the GoFundMe's that I see on the timeline and on Instagram and on Twitter, and like, you need to donate, or and like, and or, we help her out, help him out, like, we need to donate. And it's just like, fam, I, I can't, like, I, I, I literally can't, like, it's fucked up that that's going on for you, right? It's fucked up that you need to. No one makes a GoFundMe for a good reason. You know what I mean? No one, right. like, no, like, it's no one makes a GoFundMe. You know what I'm saying? Like, off the of It's like, because they can't afford something, they can't afford to like continue for schooling, they can't afford medical care. GoFundMe has become a lot of America's health insurance, right? So it's like, and I see it all the time. It's just like it's it's literally like, and this sounds this sounds crass, but it's it's honestly a, a, a coping mechanism because my body's like, fam, if I if I reacted the way I'm supposed to react to every single fucked up thing I see, I would do nothing but react all the time. I can't do that and be sane. I can't do that and still show up for the people who actually need me to show up for them. So, like, I say that to say, like, hey, if you, those, it, it costs zero dollars to retweet my business, or it costs zero dollars to, to re, like, sometimes that's still a too, that's still too expensive for me, honestly. Because I'm, where I'm working out of a debt of energy and and empathy that I have given more than I have already, I can't afford to continue to go in the negative. Because your body has overdraft fees too. Your your body has overdraft yeah, fees too. Exhaustion
2: it, it, and being overwhelmed is a thing, but at the same time, um, here's what I say: the people that I support, I support wholeheartedly. I don't feel like it's a task. To show up for those people, right? But when you're expending energy on people who don't deserve it, then yeah, sure. But you can put a cap on on everything. I think that being in, a part of having healthy relationships in, in, with people is reciprocating love and support. And no, my friends, my circle, my, my inner inner circle, they don't have to ask me to show up for them. It's a given. Duh, I'm going to be there. Yes, I'm going to repost you. Yes, I'm going to shout you out. Yes. I'm going to share your content. Absolutely. I'm going to tag you in opportunities. I think that you're, you should take advantage of or I think would be beneficial to you. Yeah. That's free. Especially if I'm online any fucking way. Now for people I may or may not know, and it just so happens across my timeline, I may give it a like and keep it pushing because engagement is helping push the brand forward. But if you're that tired, I think you should unplug and that's I was, just, I mean, I, I, and, and I'm not saying that, oh, every time I'm on the timeline, it has to be full-blown engagement and, and participation. I'm not saying that either. But I also think that if you feel like it's a task or a chore to just be supportive because you're already in the space, then maybe you shouldn't be in the space. And that's not me trying to be a dog about it. But I just think that if you're tired, then give yourself a real break. Don't, don't one to in, one so out the pool. And social media is a vacuum where you can not get sucked in and, and, and kind of lost in the sauce, and it can't become monotonous. Like, oh, I log into Twitter, I take take my te- te- excuse me, check my text messages and log into Twitter. Like, no, bitch, you could have just sent yes on the text message and got back to what you and being got back to being engaged in what your your attention should have been being paid to. So, I, I think that there is a healthy balance and a healthy sort of that.
0: I just say no, no one's. In, I I think we often entitlements a weird thing, and what people feel entitled to, or what people feel entitlement is, is often very much a interesting an interesting thought process. It's like, and I think sometimes when we when we see certain people, like, and I'm not I'm not talking like your friends, right? I'm not talking about the people who you actually know and speak to off of social media that, you know what I'm saying? Like that's different. I think that's, that's like a friendship contract, right? Right. But it's like the, the niggas that you may, you, you don't know for real, for real. It's like, you gotta just be, gotta be mindful of, 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 of of people who are going to be vampires to your energy. And I think sometimes we don't understand that they're there to take your energy until it's too late. Cause it's not like it's not like these people like announce themselves prior to. you know so just it's, it's, it's i think at the end of the day understand that like as a collective the last like eighteen nineteen months for folks has has been a lot for everyone like even the people you think of out here who out who out here was turned the pandemic into a pandemic to a like it still was a lot for them to get to that point, you right. know what I mean like so understand that if, if, if a nigga ain't got it, it's not, it's not, don't take it personal. I don't take it personal when niggas ain't got it for me. It is what it is. If a nigga ain't got it for you for whatever reason, it's probably not personal towards you.
1: Fair enough. Fair enough. Calvin, would you like to
2: explain the sport?
0: Yes. Um, besides, besides the fact that PJ Washington is still tweeting about his baby mama, which we're going to leave that alone, um, pray for PJ Washington. Listen, Who's his big mama? Brittany Renner. The one the girl who Oh
2: yeah. I just you know, the sports, I don't Listen, anyway. You Brittany know what's bad. I'll you be know honest bad
0: when what's... Brittany <laughs> Go ahead. You know what's bad when people are like he needs some real friends around him like future and Tristan Thompson.
2: You know, that's disgusting. Um one day we are gonna have an earnest conversation about female groomers and I ain't talking about pets because there are women that because if a Brittany Renner approached my son, I'd whoop her ass. And that's just that. Like, I'm sorry. There is a bit. All right, before I get on wax and sound like a hypocrite. Because my current relationship, the man I'm in a current relationship with, is significantly older than me. But I made that decision as a 30-year-old woman. Woman, Right? Um, mm-hmm. PJ, whatever the hell his name is, being an 18-year-old baby... And this grown ass thirty year old thirty something ass woman preying on that child she's had her eye she says she's had her eye on him since she was like what that sixteen seventeen
0: yeah since he was a high school since he was a high school junior Junior. you need your
2: you need your ass beat
0: on the a a u circuit was coming to his Kentucky games as an eighteen year old freshman um and so like with that, I think we often um it goes back into how we portray mm, men in certain situations like pj tucker absolutely is a victim and got finessed and because he was young he didn't see the finesse but because he's a man we laugh at him we laugh at his i'm man. so
2: sorry i'm so sorry i'm gonna stop you right there i do not consider any 18 year old an adult um and i know what i the said law... he was a victim I, ain't no, saying, like... I know i know you called him a man though and i know what the law says and i know what 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 you know what I'm saying, the legalities behind being 18 year sure, I guess I'll respect it, whatever. But as somebody, everybody who pretty much listens to this podcast is over the age of 18, over the age of 25, I hope. But let me be clear. There is nothing grown or adult about an 18-year-old. I don't give a fuck who says what about it. You're going to have to beat my ass. If a 30-year-old approached my 18-year-old child, I'm going to whoop her ass. I'm going to beat the brakes up off of you because hell no. Honestly, it is, it it screams pedophile when niggas be trying to talk, when these fucking grown ass niggas are hanging outside of uh, fucking high schools and shit. 21 year olds and 16 year olds do not belong in the same room. It's disgusting. That little nigga don't know shit. And to be honest with you, I kind of blame the quote-unquote OGs and niggas that are around him because if he was on the AAU circles to even have that grown-ass woman's attention, he had grown-ass men around him too that probably encouraged that dumbass, nasty-ass, filthy-ass shit. That shit not cool. That's not impressive.
0: Especially, especially when how do I say this without that i a Nah, himself? say it. When it's a woman like Britney Runner, who, and I'm not, you know, I don't slut shame on purpose.
2: No, nah, this not, is some shit.
0: This is some but shit. But, like, she has been <laughs> documented multiple times of trying to catch one of these niggas slipping. Like, that, there's a reason that Colin Kaepernick made her pay for her own flights to come and see him. Because he, wasn't, he, knew, he knew what type of person that she was. There's, there's, there's stories and there's videos and old tweets before she decided to rebrand of how she was like, if you want to, if you want to, you know, uh, trap a nigga, trap an athlete. They're dumb. They're not used to be attention. So like, not it, any any thirty year old woman out here praying on an eighteen uh, year old man is fucked up. Any thirty year old person praying on an eighteen year old person, because I want to make sure it's it's it's, it's gender neutral. is fucked up. But especially when the person in question has had a history of. Trying to come up off of having one of you niggas' children. And like, I'm not, and people making fun of PJ, and I'm not, I'm not gonna be the one to do that. Like, you know what I'm saying? Cause that nigga's hurt right now. That nigga, that nigga really is hurt because he thought that like this person who was in his life, what, since he was a fucking teenager, actually gave a fuck about him and she was just running a long ass con. That's some, that's some bullshit. And honestly.
2: the brakes beat up off of her she needs some federal fucking charges and to be honest with you i'm wondering where pj's older sisters a big cousin or or you know what i'm saying like i'm wondering where his girlfriends are at because she need her ass beat
0: i also and honestly and truly um he needs a family lawyer
1: yeah you do because you
2: need full custody
0: you know what I'm saying? You need to be able, cause you, cause you can show that you could provide a better life for that child, but she can't. So but also
2: like, you're a professional athlete who's 18 years old with his first, I'm assuming first child on the way. You have no fucking clue what you are doing.
0: He who like, he not, he like, he's still young. He like 22 now, but like that's, that's just showing how long this con was. You feel what I'm saying? Like,
2: yeah, but still I, I, I...
0: You're not wrong. It's still
2: trying. uncomfortable as fuck. It's still No, you
0: you're not wrong because shorty definitely was like too old to be at Kentucky games trying to trying to highlight the nigga. She she wrong as fuck for that. And um I just understand that, you know what I'm saying? I I I I sincerely pray for the brother that he gets through this and and he gets through this in one piece cuz I honestly hope that he, you know what I'm saying? He has some people around him. That's really like looking after, or taking care of him because you don't want to ever make a bad situation worse because you, you make a decision based off your emotions right now. Like I really, I, I, I truly hope that he has some solid people in his corner right now that's helping him and being his support system because a nigga like that's probably been this, at least for financial support system for all his niggas from the moment from the moment he he knew he was going to be a top basketball recruit he, he was everybody's meal ticket. So like now it's time to like earn your keep, niggas, earn your payroll. Like all the niggas, he probably got on his playground now. Be around that nigga right now. He needs help. He needs support.
2: Right, I agree. Um, so, Calvin, the NFL is doing what now, and why do I care about the NFL?
0: You don't have to give a fuck about the NFL.
2: The, but, nobody should.
0: But so the NFL, in its constant battle to become the no fun <laughs> league it really wants, is is trying to crack down on taunting after. Uh. After the um, Super Bowl, which um, Tom Tom Brady and, and the Buccaneers won, um, one of the safeties for Tampa Bay, like did uh, did like the, the wide receiver for the Kansas City Chiefs, Tyree Kill, did right. his like infamous celebration pose in front of his face, which is inherently funny. So the reason why you should give a fuck is because now in these preseason games that are going on. Anytime, like, a person shows emotion, they're throwing a flag. Like, it, it don't even have to be, like, super egregious, like, like one dude literally carried the entire team on his back for, like, 10 yards. And then when he got up, he was excited because he literally carried an entire team on his back for 10 yards. He, he showed emotion, Was like, yeah, nigga, I did that, or whatever the fuck he said, flag. And so now it's like you're penalizing, you're, you're penalizing people for being emotionally invested into their craft. That's why it's fucked up. Because in no other in no other job can you be penalized for celebrating your good work. For example, you let's say you ki- you had a good day. You killed it. You killed you killed it. You, you know what I'm saying, you, right. you, you, you 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 had all the jobs that you had filled you you all the tasks that you needed done. And you was just like, yes, I did it. Or you was just happy. Or maybe, maybe they got a bell to ring. I don't know what this buffet got going on. But like they used to have a bell to ring back in like uh, my TQO days where if you like got a new customer, you rang the bell. Imagine if you did that shit and then someone was like, we need to, we need to take uh, take you to HR and write you up. Yeah, it's nuts. That's what they're doing to these niggas. And it's like, it's frustrating because you got to be a certain level of emotional to play these games. Because if you're not already hyped up, You're not going to willingly get yourself hit for 60 minutes in the preseason. These games don't even count. They're just warm ups. They're glorified practices. And you're out here risking your life and limb. And you do something amazing that these officials couldn't imagine themselves to do. And you're, you're hype about it. And then they punish you for it. It's really weird. And it's fucked up. And you can tell that these are the type of decisions that are made when you don't take into account your employees. When you make new decisions, because every single employee is like, "This is bullshit,"
2: and so I'm not gonna lie, I don't have an opinion on this one, and not just because Alex hates the sport, but like the NFL always changes. Ironically, ha ha ha, changes the goalpost a lot. Niggas are, it, but have you noticed? It's a string of shit. Every time niggas are finding joy in some part of the game when it comes to the foot of the ball, the NFL creates some type of rule or regulation as to limit that. And to be honest, football's full of niggers. Niggers are these corn-fed ass white boys. You're changing the goalposts and niggas aren't even enjoying the game anymore. So I don't understand why niggas are continuing to play the game besides the amazing paycheck, I guess, that comes with it. But the CTE doesn't even seem worth it. So I'm having a hard time even understanding on a logical level, not necessarily because I give a fuck about sports, on a well, logical level while niggas continue to participate in something that seems to be more and more and progressively more oppressive. Well, On top of the mental and physical damage
0: that's being taken place. You know why? I'm
2: you could say, just, uh, I don't know, find another
0: something to do. These niggas don't know how to do anything else. So
2: whose fucking fault is that?
0: The systems, bro. Like, like, like I'm going I'm to keep it a buck with you. Like a lot, and that's a lot of a reason why the NCAA and like these minor leagues get shit for not preparing these athletes to be able to go into the profession is because from the moment you are like in like fifth grade, bro. Once if you show like any level of like athletic prowess, they guide you to that, and and when and because they guide you into that, like. They don't allow you to really pivot away from that unless something catastrophic happens.
2: Allow is a wild way to put that, and um,
0: because because this is this is shit that niggas are dealing with since they're kids, like literally since they're like younger than kiddo. That's why I'm saying. Allow because this is it's not something that is just starting when these when when they're adults. This is something that has been progressing since they're children. That's why I'm not putting the blame on them because it'd be one thing if like. This just started when they were, in, you know what I'm saying, like 18 years old, 19 years old. But these, this, this type of conditioning comes into play from like elementary school, like Pop Warner, where like if you show that athletic prowess, they kind of put you on that track and then they put you on the track and then they, they start telling you what, what classes you need to take. They they make your schedule for you. They 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 don't. You may have a passion to do something else like engineering or or architecture or whatever the fuck. But be, they they literally steer these kids away from like the hard majors in the hard classes because they want to be able to give. They want to be able to these kids to get all their time to these athletic. And so when when you're coming from that background at like eight nine ten eleven years old and it goes through high school where the coaches are putting pressure on the. Um, on, on the professors to make sure their kids are eligible to play at on Friday's game when they're telling when when they they make sure that you have fake classes or study tables to be able to get your get your grades right to the point where you're able to make the GPA. So when you graduate to college, so when they tell, they literally pick your major for you instead of whatever you may want to do. they literally pick your major for you. In some places, they give you paper classes you don't even have to attend in order to get an A in order to be able to be eligible so by the time you get to the NFL that's literally all you can do and it's not necessarily your fault it's because it's from the moment you were athletic enough to see to run away from people when you were like 8 9 years old that's all you've been taught like we just had we just had our homie on the, on 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 the show where it's like I'm a student of the game like you got a PhD in economics I got a PhD in who like and and he was one of the lucky ones to be able to take all of that training and that learning in that athletic skill and be able to turn it into something that's more than just a basketball, more than just sport. He, he one of the lucky ones like for real. And so that's why when it, when it, when it comes to the NFL it was like, why don't you do something else? Because a, they literally in most cases can't do anything else. And B, even though we, the, the relative, you know what I'm saying? They're putting their bodies on the line because even the, even the, uh, But minimum players are making high six figures and feeding their families off of that. It's hard for me to tell somebody to willingly give up that paycheck if they don't don't have to.
2: I'm not saying that I don't understand that, right? I, I don't think that's what I'm saying at all. It's the idea that they're somehow victims to a sport that you chose to play. And when I think about it, from what you're saying, right, it starts out young age. And I see it all the time. You got six-year-olds learning how to take and give hits all up and down the court. You got these little leagues. You got these these semi-pro, semi-professionals. Kids are literally getting groomed since before they could tie their shoe, how to take a hit and run a ball. I understand. And I understand investing into their craft and their athleticism and their talent. But the parenting has to come into play the decision-making, the priorities have to come into play. You have to give your children the options to succeed on and off the field. So do I understand what the pipeline is? Do I understand the jig? Do I understand this quote-unquote scam or the systematics behind it? Absolutely. What I'm saying is that I don't believe that a lot, like, it's hard for me to get behind the fact that some of these niggas are victims. Some of, I mean, and maybe again, it's probably the aspects of sports that I'm just really wet behind the ears about or naive about. But it it's hard for me to sit here and say that these niggas are slaves to the game. I don't. I, that's something I can't fathom.
0: To be to be honest, Alex, that is that is your your own personal bias, right? It because is. It is. It absolutely is. That is your own personal bias because it's like you don't. You, you've you made it clear, but you don't understand the whole point of it anyway, right? As far as, like, I don't, you don't, you don't, so it's like, and I'm not saying that to be dismissive, but that's what, you know what I mean? So, but you're dealing with, you're, you're a chance at generational wealth for for these families. And so when it comes to the parenting and it comes to, you know, like the, the, the decision-making of these parents, a lot of these parents, especially the parents that come from these low-income neighbor, neighborhoods that are often the most targeted and most preyed upon, you're, you're, it's like you're looking at a lottery ticket. You're looking at your chance to be able to get gen, uh, some level of generational wealth for your family. And do you, ch- you choose to, to to try to invest in that or to try to mold, mold the kid into being a, a, a professional, a corporate, something of that nature, where the cap on the earnings is... 90% less than what it is in in this in this athletic. And it's hard to and also hard to be realistic on your chances because everybody feels like they baby gonna be the one.
2: Of yeah. course, right? And I'm not saying that I don't want to push my son or push my kid, right? Because I'm thinking about it if if I was a football mom. And I do have a couple friends who are football moms and they do want to push their babies to be the best they can be. And if, you know what I'm saying, they're league bound, they're league bound, right? And I understand that a lot of those footsteps and that, that path is paved very, very early on. I understand. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying I get that. But at what point as a parent am I looking at my son as a meal ticket? To me, that's completely opposite. At what point am I looking at my child as our ticket out of the hood? And why would I put that pressure on my seat? I, and again... That's part of the, and that's, that's part of the, the, the conversation when it comes to a student athlete and, and professional athlete that is lost on me a little bit because I don't care what my son decides to be. Hell, like, think about it, think about it as your mother, uh, well, shit, my mom and dad, my mom makes, my mom has been touching six figures for the majority of my life and I'll be well, not the majority, but my my mom makes six figures, okay? Her mother did not, will never. My mother's, my grandmother's success was not contingent upon my mom because who's the adult and who's the child in this relationship? My success as an adult is not contingent upon what my mom does or does not do. And my success is not, or my survival is not going to be contingent upon the kind of man that kiddo decides to be. Even if kiddo blew up, became some multi-million billionaire kid and could retire me today, my stability is not contingent upon my kid's success. And I know that that's a very blessed and privileged position for me to be able to speak on because I didn't grow up that way. So that mentality, it is very foreign and is very lost on me. And I can't admit that I am speaking from a position of privilege when it comes to that. I don't agree with that. Because you're setting up your kid to say, okay, if it's not football, it's not anything. And I've never believed in, regardless of what the profession is, not having options. For instance, I work in HR. HR is not the
1: only thing I can do, though. You went to school,
2: you went to college for business. Calvin, business and marketing. Business and marketing is not the only option you can take. So if we apply that same kind of knowledge to football, and I know. This is a little apples to oranges comparison. I don't believe in that. Football is all I've ever done, so football is all I can ever do. It sounds very—I um, don't know—I don't know the word for it, but it doesn't—it doesn't sound right
0: to me. It's, it's not. <laughs> this is going to sound rich. It's, I'm not talking about what's right. I'm talking about what's real. Ooh, huh? You like that? You like that, right? Because you because here's the thing I, I know for a fact, listen, in an ideal world in the ideal world, we would tell all of our children they could be they, not only that they could be whatever they want to be, but also try to give them the tools to allow them to choose to be whatever they want to be so you I get all I get all that what, what what I'm talking about is that we don't do that for our children, especially our black children we like. They, we, especially our low-income, underserved community, Black children. When, when we're dealing, in, it, it, when we're dealing with an entire system of underfunded schooling, so they're not even getting the education they need to be able to make it at whatever the next level is. And I was a victim of that. I came from a school where I was like, "School's easy. It's light work. It's easy. It's nothing." Went to Miami University, one of the best schools in the country, and got shell shot because I'm like, "Oh." And then you start comparing your notes. It's like, oh, what do you mean y'all did all of this? Like, motherfucker, take an IB course. I didn't know IB courses existed. Like, you know what I'm saying? Just talking like certain shit that you're not prepared for, even when your track is not sports. So,
2: and I, I get that. I do al- get
0: that. And also, be, the goal is always that your children have it better than you. Right? That's the goal. Like, you, I want to put my children in a better place than what I was put into. Sometimes, most times, actually, that's not the case. If you there are studies that show that I can I can predict your poverty level based off of the poverty level of the people before you only three percent of people who were born into poverty make it out. And so there is an inherent pressure on the next generation of of kids that are born into and born into the system that got their boot on their neck. And so when you find anything and this is not just, what's the thing, either rapper go to the league, right? That's, 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 that's the stereotypical, how you make it out of the hood, either rapper go to the league. And so you, so you see our children coming into these and, and, and shooting for these careers that have high turnover rates. And right. I
2: get that, but I feel like rapper go to the league is a very outdated view that doesn't exist for the generation of kids and the generation for us, as a matter of fact. And the, re- I, the reason and so, I disagree. Let me is finish this? my thought.
1: The ahead, reason
2: girl. why I, and like I said before, that's not the generation of kids. That's not, the, that's, I'm not saying that that does not exist. What I'm saying is that I think kids are, we're not giving enough credit to the kids who are well, well, well aware of what their options are and what they can be. Because I do believe that we have a little bit more more well-rounded. And I'm not saying that the stupidity isn't out there. I'm not saying, not stupidity, that was the wrong word. I'm not saying that that belief or that ideology is dead and gone. It's not. But we do need to give more credit to the generation of kids that we are raising and the generation that we currently live in, because those aren't all the options that you were presented with or the people around us were presented with. Like, look, think about how many athletes that we know personally that played for UC or played for O-State or played for even Miami are just the athletes that we know of today that are beyond athletes. They still got that or the people who are in the league that we may know that do a lot more besides just be in the league. So we have to give – I'm saying that there's more, there's more credibility than that. Football is not your only option. Sports are not your only option. And athletes today in the world that we, grow, we currently reside in are are active examples of that of that belief. They're not just athletes. They're entrepreneurs and they, they have, have. tangent but they have tangible representatives of that. For instance, your fucking king, LeBron James. He's more way more than an athlete. And he's just the example that comes to head cuz honestly sports. But like I just think that that saying that football is all these niggas have is a piss-poor excuse because you have tangible evidence of athletes today and the athletes we have and the kids coming up behind us as to why that's not the case.
0: So, follow me. So, sports can be a, 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 a stepping stone for, like, the cream of the crop, right? For, like, the absolute cream of the crop. Like, for example, LeBron James is one of the top two or three greatest basketball players ever played this game. At minimum. So like when you, and so how he got to the point where he's able to use his platform that he's got from athletics to be able to do more was the first to be really fucking good at athletics. Like a lot of the, a lot of the examples that we're seeing are from like superstar level people who were afforded the chance to be able to build, build their brand and become entrepreneurs because they first were really good at sports. You see what I'm saying? So even the even the, the success stories on how to like not become more than just an athlete often start with first you have to be a really good athlete, and so that's why a lot of these people is like that's the first goal It's like I gotta I gotta make it to the league and stick there because that's the only way that you can then use that platform to be able to branch out. It's first you got to be really really good. Ain't no like if LeBron James was a bench warmer. If LeBron James came came out of high school and stunk it up, he wouldn't have the same he wouldn't have the same opportunities that he did because he came out and ball. You see what I'm saying? Like there's a certain level of there's a certain level of privilege that <coughs> the good athletes, you know what I'm saying? Like the people who are superstars, the people who are doing amazing shit, have that. You understand? Like that's a that's a that's the one percent of the sports world, right? Like we talk about the one percent versus the ninety percent, whatever the fuck. That's the top 1%. A lot of these niggas who are your maybe your backups, your your second string, your, your whatever the case may be, like they don't have that same level of opportunity to be able to make that leap into being more than just an athlete. You feel what I'm saying? Like I like, so that's why I'm 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 more understanding because also a lot of these athletes go broke immediately after they retire because they they never no one ever really taught them how to be good with their money so that's why it's a lot that's why I'm maybe more um, sensitive to that sort of level of uh, 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 of complaints that they may have is because I know for a fact like A the majority of you niggas go broke within five years of retiring B the majority of you niggas don't, aren't don't become good enough to be able to get that exposure to become more than just someone who plays the game so you're so you're so you're in a bit of a bind here it's you know so because you 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 you've been putting in work and you've been investing for years to try to get to the point where you're able to finally make money off your talent that's why I'm a super that's why I champion the new name image and likeness deal that allows people to make a little bit of money earlier in college that they weren't able to make but we, again we know some athletes that went to UC imagine imagine some of the bread these things could have got if they were able to profit off their off their name, image, and likeness while they were in school. Like imagine, you know what I'm saying? Imagine the bread that uh, a, Sean Kilp- a Sean Kilpatrick could have got.
1: Right. Be, being I- the
0: star, being the star basketball player you see that he wasn't able to get because we we even in college where you're allowed to make money in almost every other ever field of endeavor, we told these niggas that you can't make money off your name because you're in school. You feel what I'm saying? That's why that's why I'm I'm, I'm passionate about this because I see. I see the scam and and sometimes the exception proves the rule. You got to be as great as LeBron fucking James to be able to beat the scam.
2: And this is where we disagree because I don't believe that. I think that if we preach the balance of being a well-rounded athlete, not just an athlete, then you wouldn't have to be as special as LeBron James in order to have success on and off the court. I believe that, You need it. Does take having the right people around you, and I get that that's not everybody's privilege, but I do think that if the we you're a student of the game, so that means knowing how to play it, right? That means knowing the blind spots of it all. That means understanding that. That means studying it. You can't tell me that the only thing that you know how to do is play and not know the business aspect of what you're playing with. I'm sorry, I I, I disagree. I disagree. And
0: here's where and like respectfully respectfully like you're wrong here because when you become a student of the game right even the people who've been in the game 15 years 20 years like we, we always say we never stop learning the reason that these a lot of these niggas retire is not because they they don't see the game they see the game better than ever they just no longer they no longer have the physical ability to be able to get to where the brain says they need to get to and so when as you continue to learn and it, it's a really it's it's really fucked up because it's the the your value is almost inverse. Like the longer you get into the game, and the more you start to low up, know about it, you're able to see. You're able to see shit, recognize shit that you may have seen in year two and year five, because of all the because of all the stress that you're putting on your body, it's your value decreases. It's like buying a car off the lot. That's how these people look at these niggas. It's like the, the, you lose half the value the moment you you moment you drive the car off the lot because you're you're racking up mileage you up hits to your body. you up sprained ankles, torn ACLs, that sort of thing. But so as what,
2: an athlete, if you know that injuries come with the game, why don't you also know retirement does too? That's what I'm saying. Who, you can't, and that's, that's literally what I'm saying. If you know that much, you also know that eventually the, you do have to put the ball down. You do have to know what's next. I know that I'm not going to report at a desk or to anybody from 9 to 5 for the rest of my life. I have to know what comes after that. And you cannot sit here and tell me that the, they are telling these kids you can play ball forever. They're, and I know for a fact they not. The conversation about what happens afterward is happening. What you're choosing to do with that is what I'm questioning. So
0: here's the thing, right? Retirement, see, you can plan your retirement. We can plan our retirement in our corporate careers, right? I can be like, I'm out of this bitch at 45, whatever age it is. Oftentimes, the athlete gets retired. He gets fired. He doesn't get retired. He gets fired. And, and, so, uh, and so, so it depends on... And I'm, you're making my point. I'm, you so, are. Listen. No. Fuck it I'm going to keep fucking talking then. You like, literally just,
2: just made my point, though. No, because
0: here's the thing. Because if you don't know whenever... So you try to say, but also you also... We talked about the same thing. you also take care of your fucking family. It's hard to say when you're also taking care of your entire family. That that costs money and you know that. So I'm not here to I'm not here to think these niggas are just fucking stimps. I didn't say that, Calvin. That's um, what no. You did. no,
2: I didn't. What I said was if you knew what I feel like you're arguing with me for the sake of having something to say. So I'm gonna just go ahead and say it. I honestly feel like. If you know the responsibilities that are over your head, you know that as an athlete, injuries come, retirements come. You know all the ins and outs of that you've been playing the game long enough to know that there is an end to this game. Sometimes you get to call that shot and sometimes you fucking don't. You mean to tell me you're not planning for that at all? That's literally my point. That's literally my point. For instance, if I get fired on my job right now, do I have a backup plan for it? And I understand that I'm pl- comparing apples to oranges when it comes to corporate America and football fucking America, but you mean to tell me these niggas don't have a backup plan for the backup plan at all? Come on now. Come on now. me with that part.
0: You just, you're not going to see that shit because you don't want to see that shit and that's okay. But like when it when it comes to, like, having that when you, were, you. When you were groomed from fucking five six years old to be able to do one thing and one thing well it's hard to come over a backup plan because you need to be able to have other fucking abilities so that comes to, back to the parents, come back retirement to the system
2: retirement is not a backup plan it's what happens when you put the ball down but guess whether what by, whether even by or, choice whether or, by, by choice people have to do shit who Either the fuck are you yelling at you motherfucker! you yell at me no, nigga, you raise your voice. We're going to pipe it down just a little bit, though. Because honestly, I don't play fucking ball. I don't even watch this fucking game. I'm arguing for the sport of it at this point. But that is the part that I don't understand. Because, nigga, everybody does eventually have the conversation about what happens when you got to put the ball down. Whether by force or choice, the ball does get to get put down. You mean to tell me nobody's telling these niggas to have a game plan for that?
0: Listen, and, I'm, and when, when we're comparing apples to oranges, even the people who are trying to retire in corporate America, see that it's hard to retire. and, be, and, have, and you, think, you think them old motherfuckers who are working at Walmart want to work at Walmart at that age? No, because even when you retire, you still have to make the bills happen. You still have to make the bills pay. So a lot of these athletes try to make as much money for as long as they can because they know that whenever they do retire, that like, it takes a while to build up an entire new skill set and the bills still got to get paid. Your family still needs to eat. Everybody still needs to be taken care of. Like so, so, so all the money that we think that they're saving right now, they're not because they're out here trying to make sure that their mom is good, their dad is good, their children are good, their wife is good. So that costs fucking money.
2: Right. So I'm not going to repeat myself because I'm going to keep making the same point. At so, what so, point so, so at you know, what point is the conversation being had about what happens after the ball gets put
0: down? Conversations can be had just just because you're having a conversation doesn't mean that you're able to do that afterward. Like I can have a conversation about all the stuff I want to do out of retirement doesn't mean that I'm able to do that.
1: Okay.
2: You remember Yik Yak?
0: Oh, child, racism about to go up. Racism about to go up. It's like so. So Yik Yak was like an anonymous uh, social media platform. If as if as if the world needed more ways for people to say shit without putting their face on it, right? And so it was discontinued, I want to say in like 2014, 2015, because whenever you allow people to do, just say shit anonymously, racism happens, and sexism happens. Like, I remember we were we were doing a protest for Trayvon Martin in the in, in student center, and you go and yik-yak, and there's a bunch of people calling us niggers and monkeys, and every every racial slur that they thought of, you know, so like so that's part of the reason the app got banned from the, the app store was because it's a, clearly a hotbed of racism sexism, pick your phobia all of that shit and this is in college, right, you know what I'm saying so it, and so what Yik Yak does is pretty much allows people to anonymously comment within their neighborhood and it all comes on to like a, your phone and you can kind of, it's like a it's like a um, it's like a location uh, centric Twitter because you're just you're just commenting, you're making posts, whatever, and it's anonymous but you can only see the motherfuckers are on the app around you, you feel what I'm saying? So you're doing that and, and what we've learned is that whenever you allow people to be anonymous, you, you allow their true feelings to show and a lot of people are fucking assholes so that's why I originally got banned because it was like, hey nigga this is, you know what I'm saying, like look at all the fucking racist, sexist rapist, homophobic whatever phobic and so now after five years or so, it's coming back. And, and I just want to know <laughs> why. Like that was would, my question. Because, because honestly,
2: what we could all do just as a collective is be like, all right, and ignore it. I'm not,
0: I, I'm, not down, I'm not downloading that shit. Tell I didn't download
2: part. it the first time. It was, the, <laughs>
0: same reason, the same reason I'm not downloading. There's certain apps, I'm just not going to download at this point in my life. Like TikTok is one of them. I, I, I don't give a fuck how many people want to TikTok. Y'all got it? I'm good. I'm good. And, I haven't downloaded TikTok either. And so this is over. It's just like there's certain everything. And I guess my point is just because we haven't had something in a while doesn't mean it's a good idea. Like nostalgia and like absence makes the heart grow fonder. Like colors things to make people think that certain shit's a good idea. And it's not. It's not at all. Like when's the when's the last time you had, I don't know, what What's a food that you
1: hate? Onion. Like raw onions?
2: I don't do onions at all.
0: Okay. So when's the last time you ate onions?
2: Actually, I had Chipotle today, so today. (laughs) But I hate onions. Like, if I can see it, if I can taste it, it's over.
0: Okay. Like, what's a restaurant you hate then?
2: Fucking Cheesecake Factory.
0: Thank you. Listen, so when's the last time you on purpose had Cheesecake Factory?
2: It's been about a year and a half.
0: And you don't miss it just because you ain't had it in an a year and a half. Am I, am I correct in that statement?
2: Exactly. I, you, don't,
0: you don't like, damn, I miss Cheesecake Factory, even though you haven't had it. Because you remember the last time you had it, it was shitty. Exactly. Same rules should apply for some of these apps and some of these things that we're bringing back. Like, there are certain movies that are being rebooted. I'm like, we didn't like it the first time.
2: Why are you giving us a round two? Like, this is terrible. We didn't even need it the first time.
0: And... Because I also hate Cheesecake Factory, and any and I'll you know any nigga who likes Cheesecake Factory, I just I, I question your taste buds, because anything that you get at Cheesecake Factory, you could probably get better somewhere else.
2: You could actually make that shit at home.
0: If listen, the only thing good at Cheesecake Factory is their cheesecake. Like anyway, but just, I, I think sometimes the nostalgia factor of like, oh man, we haven't done this in a while, like. And then you try it again, you're like, no, this is garbage. There's a reason they discontinued this. There's a reason they stopped this. Because it was garbage. Because it was, it was actively harmful. Like, I don't need, I haven't had Burger King in years. I don't need to eat it again to remind myself I don't like the shit. I, I
2: think the thing about it is people know that nostalgia sells. So you remember the kikis and the jokes that you've had on there? You don't necessarily always remember why things like, <laughs> it's almost like finding a pair of pants or a clothing item in your closet if you haven't worn in a while. you are like, damn, why did I stop wearing this? And then you put it on, you wear it for a while, and you're like, oh yeah, this is why. I don't, I don't want there to be, I don't want anybody harmed because Yik Yak was harmful. Like, let's be clear. And it was an anonymous, like you said, it was an anonymous way for people to really be as racist as they actually are, right? And spew it, and it was a a sounding board for the loud minority to be discussed. People are going to realize that, but when Yik Yak was popping, what, when we were in undergrad, and what it is going to be today, especially when you got a bunch of drain the swamps and racism isn't as covert as we particularly like it to be, I just think that, no, excuse me, racists aren't scared anymore. So they're not scared of being racist. Which is part of the problem. So you there, got there used in-
0: to be there used to be consequences. Now there's book deals.
2: Exactly for being racist. There's publicity for being racist. There is attention for being racist, and people don't know how to just ignore the shit. I genuinely think, as we as the collective, just pay that shit no mind, we won't hear about it very often, for very long.
0: Treat get yeah, how y'all treated Clubhouse after that first week y'all was on it.
2: I never downloaded um, Clubhouse either. And I got sent many an invitation. Niggas were trying to pay me for the Clubhouse invitations I got. I just wasn't that invested. I didn't care.
0: And like, well, with Clubhouse, it was a good idea that turned hor I can't see the difference is with tick with Yik Yak, that's a bad idea, right? Like anonymous like anonymous Twitter is a bad idea, right? Clubhouse. It, with state stated attention was a
1: decent idea
0: okay like you know what i'm saying audio chats you know what i'm saying with with, with 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 people that you got to kind of vouch in order to bring in you know what i'm saying it's, it's it's like it's like a live podcast with your friends whatever the case may be it just again human nature turned into a cesspool right like, like when when the creators of clubhouse created clubhouse i'm pretty sure they didn't think y'all was gonna be in that bitch moaning for four for four hundred dollars I just. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I. So, I. So, I can. There's a difference between a good idea that we as, as people fucked up and a bad idea that we clearly see is, is terrible from the start. You know what I mean? Like, in, in my head, there's a difference, right? It's like, okay, I can see where you thought this was a good idea versus, nigga, I don't know why you thought that shit was going to work. That sort of thing.
2: I mean, we know why they thought it was going to work because. I don't think anybody, how do I say this? I don't think anybody accounts for longevity anymore. And I think that's also part of the problem when you have these flash in the pan ass ideas. You get, it's really like a get rich quick scheme. Okay, I'm going to bring this back. Flash in the pan. Niggas going to remember why we hate it and it's going to be gone in a month. Clubhouse. The creators of Clubhouse got off like a fat rat. The app died. And they still made their dividends to, to go on and do something the fuck else. It's going to be another flash in the pan, hot for now, cold for later ass idea. That kind of content and kind of production and kind of economy is exhausting because it requires you to constantly be up, up and on to the net. There is no longevity. There is no sustainability. And as a consumer, it gets exhausting because it's always constantly something else new to have to keep up with. I don't want to do that.
0: It's- it's you could, There's certain shit that ages well. Certain shit that doesn't. Right. Like people ask, like, why hasn't Eminem's music aged well? And Eminem's music was perfectly crafted for the era that it was in. Right. Like when that, that late '90s, early 2000s, like mid 2000s era, that like that was the soundtrack. Like it, it perfectly encapsulated how niggas was feeling, how people felt. But when you perfectly encapsulate something for an era, you run the risk of when we move on to a new era, that shit not sounded the same. Same thing for Clubhouse. Like when, I, niggas, when niggas was inside, Clubhouse sounded like a great idea because niggas needed some level of interaction while we're supposed to be cooped up in the house. But okay. as niggas got outside... That I
2: didn't. also teeter-totter with this idea a lot. I teeter-totter with the idea that two things can be true. I don't think that everything needs longevity. I think certain things are cool for the moment and the time period that they're in. Do I want to listen to Eminem shit on his baby mama and talk about killing his moms? No, I don't. Not particularly. Not at all. But if I were to think about the space that he was in and old concerts, and if I need to feel nostalgic, or if I need to be brought back to a time period, it is cool to visit. It's not cool to stay. And certain things are cool for where they are and what their intended purpose were. For instance, Again, versus versus should have been our inside the house activity. The fact that you got niggas having technical difficulties was a lot. That's just me being real.
0: I mean, I think part of a the reason they they moved to the in-person birth, in-person version because they want to be able to control they want to be able to control the technical stuff, right? Like, yeah,
2: which defeats the purpose. And that's my point. But, but that literally I- but right there, it defeats the originality and the origin of it all. Certain things don't need to be and I, and again, it is a side effect of the times, sign of the times that we live in, because we always think that something needs to be re, re-envisioned, recreated, and done better when in all actuality, so did you, the charming portion of it was that.
0: So did you enjoy when like Nelly couldn't get his shit to work? Because I didn't. That's what I'm asking. Like You know what I'm saying? Like, God, because it was like when Nelly like, literally like couldn't get his shit to work like was like was just you know what I'm saying like you fixing, I'm te-
2: fixing technical difficulties and moving beyond the intended purpose is a two wholly different thing
0: I don't think Dude, they could talk- have done without the other
2: but you could have though
0: they tried you, um, you could, they tried wanna, when they they, so, when they sent out they literally in, in, the, in the one I'm thinking of is the Ludacris and Nelly versus right and I was upset because I was team Nelly and he got got fucking embarrassed um they literally sent out a, like, pack of, like, all the, all the equipment that you would need, you know what I'm saying, to kind of, like, make it, to try to optimize it, doing it virtually, all of that stuff. They literally sent that out to everybody. And then human error came into play, and niggas ain't tested, niggas ain't tried, it, niggas ain't attempted, niggas didn't do the right shit. So they were like, in order for, we, we tried to do, we tried to control the technology and still keep the essence, but niggas wasn't doing it. So now we have to go but, a little further.
2: No, but no, you didn't. And, that, and then again, this is where you and I are going to disagree because no, you didn't. These niggas could have absolutely set up their fucking iPads, put us on, put us on the, the goddamn Instagram live and kept it to what it was. It did not need to be an entire production. You lost your authenticity doing too goddamn much. Sometimes you need to leave well enough alone.
0: We, we may disagree on what was well enough man.
2: Yeah, because it lost its charm and its appeal. It lost its 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 intended purpose. And again, we have the conversation about moving away from your original fan base. And it didn't need to be as big as it was. Was it great to see Dipset versus the Locks? Absolutely. But the irony behind the fact that a Versus is now a super-spurter event defeated the purpose of Versus. That That's I,
0: all I'm saying. That I understand. I just... There was... Because... Again, I, I give credit to Timberland and Swiss Beats. They tried. They tried to keep... They tried to improve it. You know what I'm saying? Like, help it out and keep it the same. Niggas, for whatever reason, just wasn't not able to do that. And so they chose, like, we can't, we can't continue to do these verses when we have questionable sound quality.
2: We can't. So, I mean, I just... I believe that there was a happy medium... There was something we could have done something without creating they, this. They
0: tried. Niggas wasn't doing it. That's what I'm saying. Like that's so like maybe I'm not, if I'm not being clear, I apologize. That's what I'm saying. They literally sent out like packs to these niggas, literally with all the shit they would need to be able to do it at home and have like a quality sound. And niggas just was not doing it for whatever reason, whether they weren't technically savvy enough, didn't want to do it, whatever. Re- so they tried the happy medium. Like we go send this shit out. You know what I'm saying? Standardize it. And that way you can do it at home and, and still have the sound quality. It didn't work. So then think, they had to move to plan B.
2: Or you didn't. And that's all I'm saying. Or you didn't. And I think, again, we just going to fundamentally disagree here. Because I don't think it didn't have to do all that. It didn't have, like, it just, it, once Versus started becoming a thing, I was just like, all right, I've lost, it's lost its appeal to me. It, it lost its charm. I enjoyed watching. My favorite verses was probably Jill Scott and Erica Badu, simply because they would just get on there giving us vibes and music. It stopped being a, comp- a composition and felt more like a, a, a hug. Like you had um, freaking. Uh, oh, that, and
0: that one was special too. That was, that, was, that was right at the time where everybody needed a hug, too.
2: Yeah, everybody needed a hug. I think it was right after George Floyd. It was right on time. So, And that's what I'm saying. Versus was timely. It gave us something that we needed. We were in the house. We were isolated. We were away from our loved ones. We were going through massive trauma as a community. And it was just, it was unnecessary at this point. Right now, it just feels like, all right, oh, we're again capitalizing off of nostalgia because Dipset versus the locks was cool as fuck. That was monumental. That was excellent. Even the DMX verses was timely and monumental. And I'm glad we got to give him his flowers before he passed. Like, but we're again moving away from the intended purpose and in its core audience in order to do so so capitalism strikes again
0: listen i we 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 talk a lot of shit about capitalism me and you and i understand the purpose. i understand the reasoning behind it like but i'm also because of that i'm never going i'm never going to knock a nigga trying to feed his like you know what i'm saying make some money to be able to like take care of his people and so like not only do are all of these, you know what I'm saying, people who do the verses getting paid for it. But also, if the verses is done right, they get they, they get their royalties up because the streams go up. And, and 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 as the productions become bigger, you see these bumps in the streams and everything like that. So, like, that's part of the reason, like, I'm not, at, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, look, like...
2: I wasn't it, saying that there weren't positives. I'm saying yeah, that we have like, absolutely moved away from its base.
0: Yeah, I, yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, but sometimes... It's a necessary, it's sometimes it's necessary. You don't feel like this particular time was necessary. I kind of see why it was. That's all.
2: Yeah, I feel you. I just, I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm big about authenticity. So I'm not saying not to evolve, not to grow, but when you start isolating your original purpose, that's when things for me get a little shaky in the water.
0: Honestly, if I was them. I would, try to, I would try to bring back, I think where they, kind of the bigger thing for me is not how they did the movement it's like bring back like the producer on producer songwriter on songwriter battles like that's like if you want to talk about something now that they should have continued in their rotation because it, it it allows for a little bit of like mystery you know what I mean like when it's the locks versus dips that we know certain phones they going not play like they gonna play i really mean it they gonna play we gonna make it like but when like if a producer or a songwriter especially you know i like seeing a i like seeing them niggas get to shine and b it's a surprise on like damn you wrote that damn you produced that like damn that's great like so if you want to talk about that to me was a bigger shift than like moving it into like where people could be
1: in the same space Right.
2: So, yeah. All right. Real quick, because I have a hot take before we jump up off of here. Alex's hot take of the week is the P and pick me stands for prude. I don't have a problem with pick me women. The P in pick me also stands for projection. It's when they're being prudish and projecting their prudish thoughts on people on the innocent. The innocent being my hoe ass. Okay. There was a girl that tweeted something on the timeline about waiting. She, I guess, she wanted to wait for marriage in order to have sex. It didn't work out that way. She met her now husband. They waited 22 months in order to kiss, just just to kiss her, and then moved on. And then, of course, they got married and have been fucking ever since, right? I'm glad that two very stupid people found each other and made each other happy. Great. Now, Now, let me not call her stupid. She has beliefs that I don't.
0: Yeah, I think that, is, yeah, that doesn't necessarily just because we, we you may not, that'll make her stupid. I think that doesn't make
2: her stupid. That just means that she has, she has shared beliefs. I absolutely do not. Okay. And honestly, I don't necessarily have a problem with what she said in particular. But of course, me being who I am, I like, I don't participate in the conversations in the comments, but there be gold. The comment section of some of these viral videos is a gold mine sometimes.
0: And sometimes it's a cesspool. It's really rolling the (laughs) dice.
2: It's really rolling the dice, right? So I'm reading through the comments, and everybody's just like, Yes, Queen, shout out to you for not being a whorish or a woman of the flesh. You're a virtuous woman. You know, God is going to make God continue to bless your union. You didn't have to be a hoe out here in these streets in order to find your kang. Like, there was a lot of that. And I was just like, well, I got a Kang too, and I'm a hoe.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I fucking hate you. I fucking hate you.
1: Oh.
0: And my prepared. Kang love me. So <laughs> I don't, but, and,
2: and the crazy thing is that it, I had a boyfriend before my boyfriend. And the, I was more of a hoe when I met my last boyfriend than I was when I met my current one. So I don't understand where they get the logic that being a virtuous woman has anything is based in who you how you choose to date or pursue a partner. I don't like the fact that the, and, and also it's like, why can't you hold true to your values without, Picking or poking fun at somebody else's because I guarantee with slices my cake is not going to butter your biscuit and they can simultaneously exist without you feeling the need to shit
0: on me. And so you're talking about the comment section because Shorty video didn't really. Yeah, I'm not talking yeah, about yeah, her video. Okay.
2: Her video was about her experience yeah, she, and what yeah, she chose okay. for herself. I just had to make no. sure
0: because I'm like, Shorty video didn't really say. Yeah, like yeah. her video
2: wasn't off the chain or off the charts at all. She was basically saying, hey. This is what I did. This is what I hold true to my beliefs. And this was the result of that. That's all she said. It was a comment section that had me a little fucked up because I'm like, she didn't say any of that.
0: I, I try to be mindful of a peanut gallery. I think sometimes, you know, me and you talk about this a lot, we, <laughs> whether, whether it's on our low normal voices or on our, or in our or higher voices. <laughs> um, but like oftentimes people, people will take something, like I hate when people do this, right? And where they take one person has, like, a super, one man usually has a super foul-ass tweet about something, right? And because everyone, quote, tweets it to, like, shit on him and dunk on him and retweets it to, like, tell him about himself, people see the same tweet over and over and over again. they start to think that's the way everyone thinks. I'm like, no, that's not how it works. And so that's why I try to be mindful of the peanut gallery. Look, when it comes to, I'm glad Shorty found her came. Let me, tell you, <laughs> let, let me tell you something, though. As, as, as a son of a, of, 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 of a, of a preacher who, who is currently involved with another child of God. I'll be damned if I'm waiting 22 months to kiss? Not to fuck. <laughs> not to fuck. We're not talking about fucking. We're not talking about sex. To kiss? We talk about practice. <laughs> Thank you. I, I was, that's where I was going. But you know, we, we had talked a lot about sports. And I, ain't want to, I ain't want to, you know what I'm saying, trigger that Listen, conversation again. Let We're me tell about you something.
2: Let me tell you something. I be ready to spit in a nigga's mouth while the appetizers are being passed across the table. I'm not, nine times out of 10, I know I want to fuck you before the first date. The first date is honestly just a formality. But, like, I just...
0: The first I, date is often to, to see if a nigga's gonna talk himself out of the pussy.
2: I gotta make sure you're not a, a complete dumbass. Like, can you, like, can you at least... Do you know how to date me? Do you know how to hang out? Like, are, are you good company at least?
0: You know that, what I'm saying? Did I to tell you the story? Um, and if I'm cut you off, I'm sorry. Did I to tell you the story about, like, I was in, I was in a date, first date, and Shorty just basically, like, told me, like, if we're, if we're in the middle of eating and like where she's you know what i'm saying tell ask, you know asking me to kind of do this and that she was like oh yeah we're about to go home we're about to go back to my place and have sex later you cool with that i was like yeah mm. and, and like and to this day like i told her like nigga i got super quiet after that like i didn't get awkwardly quiet but i was very i was very a little more short of my answers because i didn't want to talk myself out of the pussy <laughs> i was like you are not about to say anything that's gonna stop this train from happening nigga Yes or no, nigga. Everything is a very one-word answer, very quick answer. Do not, do not talk yourself out of this shit. So, and I, I truly believe, and this is, my, this is what slices my cake. Everybody mm-hmm. ain't got to bake their cake the way I bake my cake. But I do believe that there is something to be said for, like, chemistry in all forms. Mental chemistry, emotional chemistry, financial chemistry, sexual chemistry. And like, you have to understand how y'all vibe in all of these fields in order to understand if it's just gonna work or not. Because like, what if after them twenty two months you find out that nigga kiss? Or <laughs> what? If, what if after twenty two months you find out she don't she don't like when you did that dangly thing in the back of her throat? What if you what if you find out he he don't do the leg up, leg up, one arm on neck, one arm on frontal? What do you find out? <laughs> do and now, and I'm a and I, you, I'm a believer in like. Time is money, and like I don't, I can get my money back. I can't get my time back. So we wait for twenty two months to be to, to, and we find out that we are like oil and water when it comes to sex. I'm gonna be pissed, and 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 and, and now you're in a decision like, did I just waste this twenty two months, or do we try to like now you got to try to like start from ground zero with your wife on how uh, how you like the fuck? Like that just seems like a lot to me. And I believe that you, the moment you, the more you can get some of, the, some of the check marks out your way early, so you're not wasting everybody's time, the better. Like, if you got some things that are non-negotiables for you, let mm-hmm. niggas know up top. And so that way niggas can decide up top. Like, if, for example.
2: So, Calvin, what's your first date question? Like, what's one question you were asking on the first date?
0: Damn, I haven't had a first date in. A while, uh-huh.
2: you yeah, was about to say you better get that date right, nigga.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> I haven't had a first date in a while, so like you
2: better say the right thing out your motherfucking mouth.
0: That's what I'm saying. Like it's all like I haven't had a first date in a while, but like well, back, <coughs> back when I was single, like I, one of the first dates was just like, um, honestly, it was, I would I would, it wouldn't be like a formal question, but I would I would like to see how like how you handled your friendships and also how you handled our server. Like, if you were super yeah. rude to our server, I'm like, I don't, I don't know, big dog. Or, like, if you're like, one one time I was, I was, I was, I wasn't, wasn't my date, but I was there when Shorty literally asked this dude, like, how much he paid in his mortgage.
2: Ooh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah and I'm over here I like, was there for that. That was a wild conversation. And, and I'm over
0: here like, are you out of your
2: goddamn motherfucker? You do son? not ask nobody that kind of question. You feel
0: what I'm saying? So, like, verse, so, like, it's been so long. I don't have a, like a legitimate answer, but I, it's like, I can tell off the first date kind of, do you have potential or not? And it depends on like, how, how do you treat your server? How you are treating me? Are you, were you late? To, were you, were, were you late to our date? You know what I mean? Because if I offered to pick you up, did you have me waiting for, you know what I'm saying? Like 15, 20, 25 minutes. It, or, I'll be honest.
2: My current boyfriend, I nope, I'm lying through my teeth. Don't do that. I've been lying through my teeth. Actually, no. My current relationship is the first man that I did not know previous to us going out because I typically don't date men I'm not familiar with. But he was the first man that insisted on coming to get me, insisted on picking me up, insisted, insisted. And at first I was just like, I don't want this nigga knowing where I live. But I was just like, you know what? We're going to trust it, which I don't recommend, to be honest. As a woman in these day and time, these niggas is nuts. Like. These niggas is nuts. but yeah,
0: you know, I, feel you. I feel you. Go ahead. Go, go, go ahead, though. I don't want
2: to No, you're fine. My first date question is honestly, like, not if, but how many children do you have? Because I have very strict rules, understandably so, about kids, about dating men with kids. Um, I have very, especially because I am a mom, and I've been dating my boyfriend for a while. He has yet to meet my child. I don't do that.
0: Yeah, that's that's not something I'm into. I, re- I remember the I remember the first date question, and it's not, and it's, not it's not it's not awkward. It may come on the second date, but eventually, I would like to have like I would like to have a family. I would like to have like at least a kid, right? And if you are just full on dead set, and nah, nigga, I'm not having one. Like this can be fun, but like eventually, it's going to come into an impasse. And a kid is not something you can compromise on. It, you, it's not like you can have half a kid right you know what i'm saying you can't have half a baby so it's like because i will
2: make you a single father and you think i'm fucking joking i would (laughs) drop that fucking cat i would drop that kid off like an alley cat and be out no i do not want to have any more kids and i know that when i was dating men my age i that was a huge thing like i've i've had many men decide not to stop dating me because kids was out of the question i do not i'm not having no more kids my son is 12 and not and, saying that that dream wasn't at one point in time alive and well for me, but the fact that my son is closer to eighteen than he is one, hell no. Nah.
0: And that's and that's and again that's real and that's and I respect it. That's why I think for me it's like there's certain non-negotiables, right? Like there's certain things that like you can compromise on a lot of things. right? Like, you can compromise on temperature of the house. Okay, you like it at sixty-five, I like it at seventy-something. We can come into the middle. There's certain things you can compromise on. There's certain things you can't. Like Whenever it, cons- whenever it has to be, like someone has to convert, like if you're a Christian, they're a Muslim. Somebody got to convert. You know what I mean? Or you, you want kids. Somebody got to convert. Somebody has to literally change their thought process. That is very hard. That's a hard sell, even when you love someone. Because even if you do it out of love, you, there's, a, there's a chance that they may resent you because they wanted something and you took that away from them. So right. those sorts of things that you got to figure out early. If, are you the type to wait for marriage? If you are, that's cool. But when I was single, that wasn't my jam, and that's not my that's not my cup of tea. If you're the type that you got away from marriage, cool. I'm not the niggas for you, and that's okay. I'm not. I'm it, so that sort of thing. But it's hard to ask like it's hard to ask away from marriage question in a in a non awkward way. So you just kind of you kind of also a lot of you niggas treat dates like job interviews, and then you wonder why you don't get a second one. It's not supposed to be like I got a list of questions. Let me just hammer let me let me just hammer through them real quick. Things co- are supposed to come up in the, in, the, in, in, in the flow of conversation, where you're talking about and getting to know each other on a, on a level that's like a friendship level first. You don't come to your friends and just start asking them questions like, you know what I mean? Like, like a job interview? Like that's how? That's how? It, it, so it's just certain shit that like you just got to do, and you got to be able to kind of ride the wave. And then if you listen, right. you'll be able to tell like, okay, is this is this a second date, Worthy? Is this not? And also understand that you may be getting someone on, on a bad night, right? Right. Like, if you had a date today after you've the day that you had at work, you, you wouldn't necessarily be the same Alex that you did had a, if you had a date on a day that you had a good day at work. Because, you know what I'm saying, like, you're not, you're not playing at 100% right now because you had a rough day. And so trying to understand that as well, like, she, did she have a rough day? Is she just like a, a person that's not for me? All these questions come into play here. So I say all of that to say, man. Like, whatever works for you works for you. But a lot of these relationship experts, the the Derek Jacksons of the world, the Michael Tides of the world, the fucking um, whoever I don't know what I don't know what women women relationship experts are. You gotta excuse me. I don't. That's not my. That's not. I my don't minister. say. I mean. All
2: but right, like, well, and all, I know this. This is. But
0: very- I, say, I say that to say, like. These niggas are peddling what worked for them and telling you that you got to do it like them in order to find a relationship. That's bullshit.
2: I don't take advice from people not in relationships. I also don't talk to people not in relationships about my relationship. And it's not that I actually don't really talk to y'all about my relationship at all. But I not because like we don't go through the shit that we go through. We absolutely do. But sometimes, like I said, I, we say it all the time. Ships don't sink because of the water around it. It's the water that gets in it, right? So just keeping things a little closer to the chest has kept me and in, in my relationship just super healthy. It's nobody's fucking business. And honestly, I don't believe in relationship advice, counseling, therapy. There are niggas literally trained and certified to give you the answers that you're looking for. Your homegirl don't know shit. And your homeboy's a cheater. So who the fuck are you actually talking to? Because I guarantee I'm going to be honest with you. My male friends are terrible people sometimes. They're good guys in the relationships that they're in, but they're not going to give me the healthy advice. Also, a lot of girlfriends will tell their friend, their girl to lead a nigga because she's single. Hell no. Nah.
0: Or because
2: she low-key wants your, low want your nigga. Or she low-key wants your nigga. Or she's, so, she's sick of being lonely on the weekends because you in the house with your nigga and she out in the streets without one. T- you gotta honestly your target audience and like again if, you're, if your relationship is in turmoil like that you need some therapy and also why are you going through turmoil with a nigga in his 30s I'm so sorry
0: <laughs> Wait, what I'm so wait, sorry he, I was with you you was you was doing a good job and wait
2: what I'm sorry and this is just me being 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 an, a dick but We are too young. We are still, we look at 30 like, I'm sorry, people think of 30 as this old ass age because I used to. And it's like, bro, if we're really not working, it's really, really not working. And we've tried, we're trying with each other. We're communicating with each other. Bro, I'm not going through hell with no nigga that's trying to figure out his shit the same way I am. Baby, I'm going to see you on the other side. Maybe. I wish that we would end, we would start making breakups a lot more peaceful. And they don't always have to be these dramatic ass fucking sex in the city fighting Mr. Big in the middle of the goddamn street ass scenes. It, it, it does not have to be that way. I don't want to constantly feel like every time we go in and out of these relationships that I have to, you have to feel the need that to suffer some massive heartbreak or, or need a fainting couch because of the dramatics. It does not have to be that way. Baby, if we are really sitting here frustrated to the point where we feel like we're trying to put a square inside a circle, we can just be friends. And that doesn't mean that this is the last time that we're going to cross this bridge. It just means that maybe we don't need to cross it right now. It's okay to break up with people and not be mad about it. It's okay to leave people in peace. You don't have to be right or wrong. You have to be peaceful. And a lot of times, the relationship karma that you get from each other comes from the fact that you felt the need to leave a nigga in pieces. No. Bro, I promise you, if it does not work out in my current relationship, I'm not going to try. That man is not going to deliberately hurt me because I've already established that it's unnecessary. You need to learn. And it doesn't have to be ghosting because I don't believe in that shit either. But you can say, baby, this is too much for me right now. Or these are the reasons why I don't want to be together with you in this moment. Being honest with it and not feeling the need to be a dick about it is a mark of maturity. We're 30 years old now. If you haven't learned how to handle or have difficult conversations with people in your life, that's a reflection of you and your immaturity. Not everything's gonna be rainbows and lollipops. You need to learn how to gently disappoint and let some people down. And that's a fact of life. Handling rejection is a survival skill.
0: Listen, that's all well
2: and good. And that's coming from a bitch who doesn't like the word no.
0: That's all, that's all, that's all well and good. I'll tell you this, nigga, this streets are ugly, nigga. You throw me out on the streets and not... I Anyway. <laughs> but I say I, I say all that to say this, like when it comes back to Shorty, like Shorty did what was best for her. Shorty, Shorty knew that she needed to move a certain way in order to have a relationship that she want. And she found a nigga that was that was for it. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, and I think what I had to do is to stop. Putting caps on what other people could find that didn't make sense to me.
2: Bingo! Hello, woo! Me and Calvin agree on something because, baby, I'm not criticizing an orange's way that it peels because I'm an apple.
0: I'm like, literally could, not doing I, that. I could acknowledge that that shit don't make sense to me. But to not, me, but also understand that you may find somebody that's with the shit. Like, like, you know what I'm saying? Like- Honestly,
2: I pray that you do.
0: I, <laughs> you're a better person than I am today. Uh- <laughs> oh, my God.
2: Like so, I said before, you know I'm, not, I'm not malicious about that kind of... I tell you this all the time. I believe that when you keep an open palm, things flow to you and from you all the time. And love is one of those things that is constantly flowing to me and from me all the time because I keep an open palm about it. I don't hoard love. There's an abundance of it. Why do I like the things that are meant to stay? Won't cause me extra strife to keep them in my life.
0: And so, and so, <laughs> I look at it, and we'll wrap up on that one. You know what I mean? Because,
1: but yeah, I, I feel sh-
0: it. I, 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 like, do, do at the end of the day, nigga, do what you do. As long as whatever you do don't negatively pack, what I try to do, nigga, fuck it. That's exactly how I feel. You know what but, I mean? Uh, like, you, you, you finding a nigga that wait twenty two months to kiss ain't making me shit, nigga. Like, go ahead, baby. Uh,
2: Oh, but Calvin, would you like to end us on a positive note?
0: <laughs> yes, ma'am.
2: Um I positively
0: hope that you find whatever fits you and you and you treasure it. Um I'm going, I'm currently going through a a phase of my life where people are worried about fit. Like is he a good does he fit our team? Does he fit our structure? Does this fit my schedule? Does this fit my life? And that can be stressful, especially when we know that this world was not built for us to fit in it. Like, this country, this society was not built <laughs> right. for us to fit in it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, this shit wasn't designed in our, with us in mind, so it's not, so you're not necessarily supposed to fit in everything you're trying to squeeze yourself to. <laughs> like, understand what fits you and what you fit in and treasure that shit. You know what I'm saying? If if, if it's if you got to go a size up on the dress, it's okay. It's okay. If you if if if, if, you, if you if you if you can't do the ponytail right now, because it's okay. Like your 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 value is not based off of you fitting in certain things that aren't designed for you. If you're if you're interviewing and you're not getting the yes because you are not feeling like you're a cultural fit, it's okay because you're, writing, you're trying to find the things that actually do fit you. So that's my positive note, man. Find, find the things that fit you and find the things that you fit in. And once you find those things, treasure that shit. You're not, you're not meant to fit in every space. You're not supposed to.
2: Find your tribe. Find your tribe. I agree.
0: It's your girl, Allie Nicole. It's your boy, C. Diddy. We are out of here, Peace. Sheesh. Yo, I'm about to take a chance, yo. Blindfolded with the free throw. Let mama playing.